Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning, June 1st, 2021. Hopefully everybody had a great Memorial Day weekend. Here's Tristan Happy Cockraft. Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, it's June, a totally different month. Everything changes. A third of the season is over, in theory, if not exactly. Uh, your thoughts, please. It's a new month, and it's the third of the sixth in the baseball season. That's about all I got for you. But, you know, it, it, the neat stat that I had the other day was we are almost exactly at the point that all of 2020 encompassed. Right. Isn't that and amazing? Of, and, and if you think about, like, all the small sample size stuff from 2020, that's now, yes. right? Yeah, so some of those lessons apply to now. And here's the interesting part. We can now take another 60-game sample from here forward. Imagine if we just deleted the first two months and took a look at that. It illustrates the uh, the, the point of the small sample size. I think it does. And and I, well, I, as I look at the leaderboards, uh, there's some obviously some new names, names that we haven't thought about. I don't think anybody was drafting Adolis Garcia uh, mm-hmm. back before the season. But the points leader in ESPN points leagues is not oh. Garrett Cole. It's yeah. not Otani. It's not Tatis. Yeah. It's not Kev- Power. It's not DeGrom. It's not, you know, not even Vlad in this great year. Who is it? It's Kevin Gosman of the San Francisco Giants oh. with 246 points in ESPN standard points leagues. And he's, um, eighth in, he's eighth on the player Raiders, so still very good in those two. No, he's having a fantastic, fantastic season, and he's currently dealing with a little bit of a hip injury, which may cost him a, hey, he could go on the injury list. Who knows? MRI return clean. But – I mean, it's very interesting. Garrett Cole was a first-round pick in most leagues, 70 and two-thirds innings. Kevin Gosman was, what, a 20th-round pick? 70 and two-thirds innings. I mean— I think he went before that, but he did not go anywhere in the ballpark of a Garrett Cole or any of the players in the top 15 at the position. So what would you do with him the rest of the season? I mean, normally we would view him because his name among the leaderboard looks looks a little bit different, Okay. Mm -hmm. Is he a guy you would say, all right, I want to trade him as fast as possible. You're not getting DeGrom for him, but you could get two players for him. I noted in my blog today, trade Kirk Kimbrell for a lesser closer and a decent hitter. These are the kind of trades people should be thinking about making. It is, yeah. It depends what level you're cashing him in at. If it's that of a Cy Young potential player, in other words, you're trading at the volume of the top 10 fantasy starter, then I'm going to be cashing in because to me – a pitcher putting up the numbers he has is going to regress to the mean. And and that is not a kind of a black mark at a pitcher here to say that they're going to regress to the mean. It just means that he's not going to match that ERA and whip. But the tweaks he has made between last year and this are sustainable. The only thing I don't like that I've seen so far is that the four-seam fastball velocity is down just a smidge, about a half mile per hour. But it's still excellent. It's still in the range of 95, which is a very good number there. He's got multiple pitches that he can work from. I think he is going to finish. I, th- I think even from this point forward, the worst case is he's a top 25 fantasy starter. Might well be a top 20 from this stage forward. Oh, I, I think we have to view him as a top 20 starter. I mean, this is not a case of, uh, of is, there's some luck. There's some bad stuff going on here, but a 2.17 FIP is pretty amazing in itself. Yep. Yep. So he, and, you know, obviously pitching in that ballpark in San Francisco, he's, it's going to be hard to, for him to get lit there. Injury, I don't think there's any more you know, chance of injury than anywhere else. So, I mean, you can make the case right now that Kevin Gosman is the MVP in points leagues because of you, where you, he was drafted. You know, like Otani went before him. You can make the case 
that Kevin Gosman with his 1.31 FIP in Fangraphs is the most valuable player in fantasy for the season in points league. Yeah, I'm going to hesitate for a second. And I'm not sure that Otani went ahead of him. That actually is competitive, but I see your point here. And the thing that, that Gosman benefits from that Otani doesn't is the ease of management in fantasy leagues. And you know, I am very big in the MVP, MVP conversation, the ability to play and maximize the stats you're getting. Gosman has been in for you each and every start. And yeah, we might be jinxing him here because of the hip issue, but if it sounds like he's going to make his next start, he doesn't miss any time. He's given you 11 starts of excellence. And, you know, he is number one among true starting pitchers. I mean, he's behind Otani. That's because of the, the calculations that go on there. To me, he is the number one player in Roto Leagues, too. So you can easily make the case there as well. Kevin Gosman went in round 13 in the ESPN average live draft. So Otani went in round six. Um, so Man, did he really? Well, because of his name, Tristan. And yeah, but I'm hitting. wondering if I that's mean, recent because he, he... No, it actually isn't because I'm looking at like some injured player stuff and it's it actually looks like it. they stopped it. <laughs> so I, I it looks legit to me, actually, which is amazing. Um, I don't I'll see... Up, I'll dig up the opening days. I'm I'm skeptical here, but I, I, see, I see what you mean. <laughs> I don't see how we could possibly have anybody else. I, I might write a blog about this tomorrow. I mean, Gevin Gosman, Otani's amazing. And and in, a, in points leagues in among hitters so you can't like differentiate because otani has two 241 points vlad is 201 and then way down to 169 for acuna so vlad would get some some love there as well nick castellanos has had an amazing first third of the season jesse winker has been incredible no closer i think would would get there from me zach wheeler of philadelphia we were worried about a strikeout rate from last year and now he's going through the roof with strikeout rate it's amazing how these guys just flip a switch and it all changes colors rodon belongs as the mvp he was an undrafted guy yeah. Right. I mean, at least Gosman was drafted. Rodon's only problem is he falls into where Corbin Burns does. Now, there's a little difference as to how they got there. Burns had the absence because of the injury for a little bit. But the White Sox are keeping Rodon's workload in check. It's the only reason for me why he doesn't belong in the same conversation with the names you mentioned, the Gosmans and the Wheelers, etc. All right. Let's get on with the news of the day. Um, injuries. Who's been hurt since our last show? Our last show was on Thursday before Memorial Day weekend. Trevor Story with his elbow went on the injured list. And you could say, is it Brendan Rodgers' time? But he was playing already. So they'll just dump, you know, Garrett Hampson or somebody there or, or play somebody they shouldn't be playing there. Um, concerns about Story? I mean, Didi Gregorius has missed multiple weeks with his elbow injury. Probably a different type, type of thing here. But Trevor's story is interesting because he he seems likely to get traded at some point this season, Tristan. And when a Colorado Rockies hitter gets traded, it's the inverse of the pitcher getting traded. We we yep. worry about, you know, Trevor's story obviously doesn't have great the, the, the same road numbers as he do home numbers. So we assume that this is a short-term injury, but are you concerned about story here? Yeah, we, we assume it, and I think it's right to assume it, but we tend to also do that as if players are just going to spring back close to the 10-day minimum and because it's just an elbow inflammation issue with that, with an uncertain return timetable, I, I am a little bit worried about that. One thing that actually could work in his favor here is that the absence might diminish the opportunities for trade. I, I, I mean, just based on the timing, if he misses a month, teams might be less apt to trade for him and he stays in Colorado and maximizes his fantasy numbers. But I, I would just project, let's say, a 20-day absence and excellence after that point. That still is going to keep him in the top 20 overall, tw maybe 25 overall players. So DeGrom's ERA now is 0 0.71. Unbelievable, just, right? That's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't luck. I mean, obviously, to have an ERA like that is a little bit of luck. But 
He's generated more runs, I think, as a hitter than he has given up as a pitcher. I think I read that somewhere. He's batting like 450 as a hitter or something like that. I mean, he just <laughs> That's never. incredible. It, what he's doing is historic, and I think they need to change the game a little bit as well. But his FIP is 1.07. Um, if you were drafting today, would DeGrom be the first pitcher you draft? If I'm drafting today for the rest of the season, yeah, he's healthy now, and I think he's going to be in within range of the innings pitch uh, lead. He's not going to have court. as many as Garrett Cole, okay, and maybe not Kevin Gosman, who was the same as Garrett Cole, right? But Cole's I, the guy I would think of. Cole is, but like Degrom isn't giving up anything. Cole gives up runs, so I, I think I think Degrom would have to be the number. Could Degrom be the number one pick in a fantasy league right now? Points or he, Roto? He well in points, yeah, because I usually go to the starting pitchers in a Roto league. He'd make a case for it. I don't think he would be, just because I, I do worry about whether he either has the workload kept in check or does have a brief IL stint later. That there's a recurrence of the injury. I mean, the top of the of the player Raider, which is for uh, Roto leagues, Tatis is number one by a yeah. lot, despite yeah. missing a lot of time. He's been amazing. I know he's yeah. having a monster. Best player season. of the past week too by the player Raider. That's power steals. I mean, for Fernando Tatis would be the number. Would he be the number one pick in a league right now over Acuna? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like he has the question of the injury before, where we talked to Stefania in depth about it. That we all three of us were worried about recurrence of that, and here he has been amazing. I mean, risk reward player in our game, especially in the mixed. I would make him the number one pick because I want those top shelf stats, and he's proving he can give you them. The rest of the top five, and on the player radar, Tatis, Marcus Semien is the number two overall player. Power and speed. Uh, Trey Turner, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Acuna is number five. Otani comes into number six. Then Adalas Garcia. And then the top uh, normal pitcher, Kevin Gosman at number eight. Yeah. So that's your player raider after two months and one third of the season. So Marcus Semien, you, you're not buying that, are you? I have a feeling like, like how is he number two on our player raider? It's basically because of the power and the speed, the combination of that. But he's also scoring runs. He's batting 297. He looks like the player who could have won MVP in 2019, Tristan. He looks that good. He's on his way to 33 home runs and more, well more than 10 steals. He, he does. The only thing that's not, he's not checking the box for that he did in that MVP caliber year 20, yeah, 2019 is the defense hasn't been quite metrics wise up to that level, but he's in a great lineup and a great position in the lineup. He's got the dual eligibility for you for fantasy. He's giving you the power. He's got decent plate discipline metrics. He's sacrificed a little bit in the terms of the swing and miss. He's got a career high 25, eight, 25.8 strikeout rate. Um, filling the stolen base column as well. I like the depth of that offense. And, you know, we, I mean, because we, we talked about Vlad Guerrero in the previous show, hitting ahead of him is it's a good place to be for a player like this. He's been a little inconsistent. That's the only thing that bothered me about Semyon's path here is that there was a couple of weeks where he slumped. I think it was around May 1st. Otherwise, he's been outstanding and even better than anyone could have projected. Tenth round pick in ESPN ADP. If you were redrafting today, wouldn't Semyon have to be like third or fourth round? Or is that too too aggressive? I mean, he's doing it. Yeah, I kind of like that. I, I I mean, off the top of my head, can I find more players in that? I lean to know he probably does end up in that. So you're skeptical. Like, we're both a little bit skeptical here. But, like, like if you compare him to Corey Seager, who is not a five-category fantasy option, doesn't steal bases. Mm -hmm. Like, don't we have to say, like, there's something weird there? Or Whit, Whit Merrifield went around five. Wouldn't you take Semyon now? It's more power. He's getting on base. Like, yeah, it depends on how much you believe that Merrifield contends for the stolen base crown. I, you know, I mean, there, there's a weight to that, that, that Merrifield helps. With. I, 
I like Semien as a player more than I do Merrifield. I mean, value wise, that's pretty competitive. That's why um, I said it. it to, yeah. I mean, uh, by the way, ADP wise, I do think there are some things that are going on since the beginning of there. I've got 112 for him as the opening day one. I would slash it in half. I, I think that you could very easily slash that in half with no problem. And then you're starting to bounce him up by a round or All two right. there. Let's ask, uh, here are some players that have done well recently. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, home, homeward, I think, mm-hmm. every day this weekend. Yep. Is this a 30 home run guy for you? He's got the raw power to get there. I've also mentioned he is one of the most underrated speedsters in terms of the raw speed available. Streaky player, however. So when we say 30 homers could give you 15 stolen bases, just be careful. It's going to come with the ups and downs. Yeah, uh, Hunter Renfro had a pretty really good May, <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, yeah. And, and nobody seems to be rostering him. Are you buying that this is a, a batting average, always an issue, but it wasn't in May. So 30 home run guy. He's got great power. He does. There's some righty lefty advantages going on with him that I like. Um, I think he's more true swing and miss than he showed in May. I don't think the batting average is quite what it was. He's got good defense that fuels the playing time. I'm not there yet. I that's a he I'd cash him in if I could. Rich Hill, Tampa Bay. He had a great May, like an ERA <laughs> of like 0.22 or something crazy like that. Yeah. But his last outing, they, they pull him early out of games. They don't let Rich Hill get hit. He's throwing like 60 pitches in a start, and they just they just pull him out. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay does everything differently. But Rich Hill has been a valuable fantasy option. Does he keep that going? If I say no, the forecaster is going to hate me. <laughs> the robots will be out to get me. The forecaster loves him. The formulas always back him up. They they truly, I mean, the formulas love him. And I have to manually adjust any time I want to bring those down. And I think I should just believe. Tampa knows how to, to manage their pitchers. The only problem with the way they use these guys, as you mentioned with the pitch count, is that it diminishes the chances for wins, but he's given you ERA and whip. I would actually give his biggest criticism as the the health track record. I agree with you there, but like I, I, two outings ago, he went eight innings against Kansas City, struck out 13 with an area yep. walk, and then yep. against the Yankees, they pull him after five and like 60 pitches. So yep. it's like whatever they feel like doing on any day. Now, I looked at the lineup he was going to face, and that uh, it was Sunday, I think. Yep. Or maybe it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday. It was Mondays. And I think he was about to face Judge and Stanton and Torres, and Cash is like, I'm taking him out. That's the smart move. You want to win a baseball game, you take a lefty out, third time through the order against right-handed power sluggers. I, I give him credit for that. And then one more guy, Adelbert Montesi, had another home run, home run over the weekend. Yep. And then he left the game, yesterday's game a little bit early. That was on ESPN with something, a knee, a hip, a groin, a hamstring. It was. He had a two-run home run in the game. He had another home run over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he stole a base. <laughs> He's hitting 360 with a 360 on base. Nary a walk so far. Adalberto Montesi is the most polarizing player right now, but other than Otani. What do you do with Montesi? Like, if you roster him in a league, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait for him to play. But you also have to be thinking, is this a top 10 player or is this somebody who misses half the season with injury? He's not a top 10 player, period. But he can be a top 10 player. He's not a top 10 player, period. He's not. I, if you want to believe that he is. Oh, I don't I believe that he you. is. But no, you know. no, this is to the listeners. I, I welcome you to do it because when he is on and he is healthy, he can put up those numbers. But the injury track record is, I mean, it, it's right there in front of your face. So, like, the, the, I mean, you want to talk about Tatis as a risk reward type of player. Mondesi's risk reward and he's got flaws that Tatis doesn't. He's not disciplined. And he does miss, I think he's a greater injury risk than Tatis is. 
All right, time for combo meal. Sing it, please. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. These players were making moves earlier this week, and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Here are the combo meals since our last show. Robbie Grossman, Fernando Tatis, Alberto Montesi, and Patrick Wisdom. On, who had on Monday two home runs. He has 93 career at-bats. He, he was yeah. with the Cardinals. I remember him as a Ranger, third baseman. And I, yeah. I, I drafted him in a league, a, a, like a dynasty. because he, he hit for power in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, most people probably can't tell you what team Patrick Wisdom is on. But he, <laughs> I, I would, he's I, playing pretty regularly for that team. Only because Matt Duffy went on the injured list. Yeah. And I picked up Duffy in a league, and then the next day he got hurt. Um Wisdom, I mean, obviously this won't continue, but um, it's fun anyway. And the Cubs, I mean, what a magic May they had winning a lot of games. And did you see this? I had to write about it when I saw it. 38 and two-thirds innings, their bullpen went over a fortnight without giving up an earned run. I mean, some of this, you know, 10th inning ridiculousness because of the stupid rule. But um, that bullpen went more than two weeks without allowing a run. And it's not just Kimbrel. Who we'll yeah. get to in the closer carousel anyway, because there's nothing the, here to talk the, about. The combo meals. Yeah, the only note on wisdom is just the pitchers coming up a lot of right handed over the next 10 days. They've got Lamette Discofani, they've got Gosman, they're gonna have Quato's pitched okay in his last outing, Darvish yeah. coming up. You know, it's it's gonna be a little difficult for him. I, I like him against lefties pretty much. Let's do uh, the closer carousel now. It's the closer carousel. So Kimbrell faced 48 batters in May and he walked two of them. I think that's telling, but yeah. it's not predictive. It's not predictive, but remember, you Darvish did that with the Cubs. All of a sudden, he reigned in the walks. So, hmm. I mean, are you interested here, or are you trying to to trade him for a, a comparable closer or a lesser closer plus other stuff? Like, if someone gives you a top 100 hitter or, you know, a top 50 hitter plus Fire Eisen, who I told you was going to be a closer and is, for Kimbrell, don't you have to do it? Aren't you – Scared of what Kimbrell might do in we're June. Gonna get into, we're going to get into Tampa in a minute. I, I see, but I see, yeah, to, to make a trade like that, I, I would if I have that option. Kimbrell, I, I like the fact there's no competition. I, I think he's made I some think improvements. There is. I don't. Who? Ryan Tepper led the majors in reliever war in May. Wow. 19 strikeouts, okay. an area walk, 14 and two thirds innings. He got a save there over the weekend. He is next in line, and he was a kind of a closer for Toronto for a little while in 2018. He's throwing great. Not not the hardest thrower, but hard enough. And he's not walking anybody either. And then that that veteran lefty with the cool mustache, Andrew Chafin, is leading the majors in holds. So if you're in a – and here's what I wrote. If you're in a holds plus saves league or saves plus holds, Andrew Chafin has more saves plus holds than Craig Kimball does. So think about that, people, when you're you're over – Kenley Jansen's walking people. So you you can trade for Kenley Jansen if you want. Somebody in my, one of my leagues did over the weekend. But if you're in a Saints plus holds leagues, just pick up Andrew Chafin. He's leading the major. Victor Gonzalez and Chafin are leading the major leagues in holds. They have more holds yeah. plus saves than most closers right now. Not Al Kreis. Go to lefties with that. You know, the lefties yeah. and the holds. Agent That's Mr. a fair point there. But I mean, like if Kimbrell's pitching well, I mean, there's no sign that a change is imminent anyway. So No, he'd have to pitch really poorly and he, they, they'd be very loyal to him. But my question to you is, yeah. if we didn't trust him a month ago, should we trust him today? I trusted-ish him a month ago, though. I don't feel all that much different. Yeah, look, 
I, I just genuinely don't believe that's a bullpen constructed to make a change unless he is just simply disastrous like he was you. last August. I, I, this is the Dodgers situation. He will get so much rope to keep on closing, just like Kenley right. Jansen will. Right. Or Hater will. But the point is, if he pitches poor, he had, do you know what his numbers were as a cub his first two years? Oh, I sure do. I remember last year where he had that stretch where he was flat out miserable heading into September. Then we put up the bit, you know, the huge September numbers right. where he made a tweak there. But you I, trust I, him now. That's okay. You can I, trust him. I don't trust him. I, okay. This is where I trust him. There are too many co and co closer ships and closers by committee in the game right now that if you have a player who is locked into the role, that matters. Oh, he's a top 10 closer right now. I just, I would not be wanting to like invest. And, and and of course I would rather have Kimbrell than fire eyes. And I'm just saying the point here is that in that overall downgrading, yeah. downgrading makes complete sense. If downgrading you do is what I want to do. So you, you think Tam, I still think Castillo and fire eyes are going to split the saves, but I don't think Pete Fairbanks is involved. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we're definitely on the same page with that, with that bull. And yeah. I think that like the Rogers brothers, who is more likely to get saves between San Francisco's submariner Tyler and Minnesota's lefty Taylor? I think they're both going to get saves this month because Hanzo Robles is walking people and, and Jake McGee's giving up home runs. So it seems to me that both Rogers brothers are going to get saves this month out yeah. of both. J- uh, Jake McGee, if I'm not mistaken, since April 17th, he's got something like a 650 ERA. And since that day, Tyler Rogers is sub two. Yeah. And yet they are still very clearly in a co- co-closer ship there. Yeah, Co- closership in Oakland, where Oakland doesn't generate any, you know, they, they don't generate many save chances, and co closership in Minnesota. A lot of, I don't think that's a co right now. I think Robus has it, but he'll lose it. Um, but I see your point. And there are a bunch of them. And then there's teams where we just don't, like Arizona doesn't even get Arizona. Arizona's one, lost so much over the one past save, month. One save in the month of May. Then they have like right. two wins or three wins. Yeah, they barely won. And Baltimore, I wrote Paul Fry is going to take over closing there because Valdez, it was magic. He, he wasn't going to be able to keep getting away with that. They hinted they were going to com- uh, committee right now anyway. Any other situations you'd like to discuss? <sighs> yeah. Oh, you know what? We should probably discuss where Cleveland is at with theirs. That's that's going to keep going like this. Because Another they- culture ship? Or do you yeah, think it's because- one or the other? No, I think it's going to continue like being like Clase through yesterday, Karinchek gets today. And then tomorrow, who's, you know, the eighth inning. I think Karinchek's the more dominant guy. Mm-hmm. So I think Francona would use him in the eighth inning if they're both rested. Yep. So I think Clase will get more saves than Karinchak. But again, we can rule out Nick Wickren, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Does this bother you, though? And, and in either case, uh, Karinchek. Uh, he's walked 10 of 44 batters in his past 10 outings. I don't know why that surprises you. I mean, that's no, what he's going to do. But but it, it has explained some of the struggles that he has had over the past two two-ish weeks. Yeah. Now, the the other thing in his defense, Class A, nine walks, 42 batters. Oh, yeah, he does it too. Nine. Mm-hmm. He does yeah. it too. They yeah. both do. It's an adventure. I love both guys. They're great, but I, but I don't it, know which direction to go. It's arguably the best one-two punch in baseball, though. For back in, like, in Milwaukee right now, Hader and Williams, I mean – Williams yeah, better not be hurt. You saw he was held I, out yesterday. I did, yes. But like, if you, if you want a one-two punch in real life and in fantasy, I guess to some yeah. degree. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to top Cleveland. Like, is there any other team that we you could say, and people are listening saying, oh, come on, Eric. There's a million teams that have one-two punches like that. Well, not my team. But Where like, the two is to that level, there are not many. St. Yeah. Louis, perhaps, is in the ballpark. 
Um, all right, let's move on to the schedule now. Tuesday, ESPN Plus has a couple games late at night. Chris Bassett, Marco Gonzalez comes off the injured list for Seattle. That's interesting because I'm a Marco fan. And then David Price, Price with his two innings for the Dodgers against St. Louis. That's bothering <laughs> me. It is because he's not even using him the way Rich Hill is for Tampa. I mean, basically, Dave Roberts is not letting David Price throw 50 pitches. So you can't roster David Price right now. And in addition to that, I don't see a path to a rotation spot for him because Tony Gonsolin is making his supposedly last rehab uh, stint. I believe it's Wednesday. It might be Thursday. And he'll be aligned to pitch in Pittsburgh. So he's going to take the fifth spot. And that means Price is blocked. Uh, what else on Tuesday interests you? Dylan Cease and Shane Bieber. That's an interesting matchup. That's the first game of the day at 6, 10 p.m. Eastern. So please get your lineups in for the daily for that. I'm, yep. I'm thinking of like Monday and weekly lineups, but Monday was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, isn't it? I'm so thrown off by that. Yeah. <laughs> Racing yeah. to get my, all my lineups in for the one o'clock games. And then today it's like, oh, wait, I don't have lineups to set. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I was so happy yesterday when the lock came, the weekly lineup came. Because like you're thinking, oh, should I put this guy in or that guy yeah. in? Yeah. And then... I at the last second in one of my leagues, I added a weekly. I added Mike Miner. I was thinking, well, it's two starts. The first one's against Pittsburgh. I can watch it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Instead of I don't remember who I benched, but I was like, all right, I'll take the shot without even looking to see who the second start was against. I didn't, I knew it wasn't in Denver, so I didn't care. And Mike Miner pitched well, six innings. Yeah. He got another win, so I, I'm off to a good start. Oh, there. Minnesota for you. It's not a terrible one. It's you know middling, not matchup. terrible at all. Good pitcher, good pitcher though. Um, By the way, so the the Tuesday one I'm watching just. Future speculating, I want to see what Caleb Smith does in the return to the rotation. Does he lock down a spot there? Because he was pretty effective in relief. Oh, I didn't even notice that. He's a home against New York, the Mets, yep. mm-hmm. who got Pete Alonzo back. Still a weak lineup. But um, yeah, Caleb Smith, who I believe I have in a, in an expert league somewhere. Not wins. a play. Not a play. It's just a, a watch and stash potential. Why isn't it a play? Because Caleb Smith is like Robbie Ray light. He's going to strike people out. He's going to walk people. But he, he's had success in the past. We liked him in Miami. Right. I'd have to get the number on the pitch count. I can't imagine the pitch count is to the level that you can start him. That's all it is. Pitch count was not an issue for an awesome Toronto rookie. His second start comes on Wednesday. That's uh, Alec Manoa, who is the most added player in ESPN leagues. And um, he is pitching Wednesday, I believe. I'm trying to home, find it. Home Miami. Home Miami. So that's a good one. I left him active in a league mm-hmm. and I got him in a couple leagues and I'm happy about that. Um, how much do you like Manoa? That was your lineup and he beat up the Yankees. That was good. <laughs> yeah. And he looked very good and he did capitalize upon what it was a lineup in a pretty, they're in a pretty big funk, the Yankees. I think they need a little shaken up, but uh, I would play him here. That's a great matchup. Yeah. It's a home game. We don't know how things are going to play at Salem field. We know last year that that was a little bit home run oriented, but going up against Miami's lineup. Yeah, I'll definitely take him. And you know, the other thing too, I, I know jazz Chisholm was a little banged up, you know, talking top of the order for them. Still ranking Glaber Torres in your top 100, Tristan? <laughs> I don't know what you're you know, I wasn't. I was encouraged by what I saw over the two-week okay. period in early May, and everything else this year has disappointed me. <laughs> so, yeah, I see your point. You know, if I was updating you, my rankings, he'd be well outside my time. How, how do we how I do we go work? back to the fact that you and I were going to come up with a debate during the preseason, and the debate we were trying to talk ourselves into was Torres versus Javier Baez. And boy, am I glad I didn't take Tor- have to take Torres. <laughs> um, yeah, oh. well, I there's no way I was taking Torres because you know I thought he, mm-hmm. he only homered against Baltimore. That it would not terrible. have gone well for me. No, and no, now I'm wondering – I mean, I hate to say it, but like Torres versus Didi Gregorius rest of the season. Like you can make the case for a lot of other players now. He has two home runs and he's batting 259. Look, 
Torres has done a lot over the past calendar year to improve his pitch selection at the plate. The plate discipline metrics are a lot better. Nothing else looks good. Nothing else. And he is not a good, I'm sorry, he's not a great defensive player. The not arm, a great he's a, defensive player. He's one of the worst defensive players. And his throwing drives me crazy. His I, throwing. Oh. I know bad defense, Tristan. I see I it know. on a daily oh, basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she traded I'm, for Didi Gregorius. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, like this team, when they when they constructed the Phillies, they were like, oh, defense doesn't matter. It's a softball league. Okay. Uh, um, speaking of Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Spencer Howard's pitching Wednesday. Any interest there? Not really. I mean, in, in an NL only league and, of course, the dynasties, perhaps. But no, no. Yep. Well, rest of the season, Spencer Howard or Denelson Lamette. <laughs> yeah. So, right? I mean, like, how can we continue to roster Lamette? When what is Lamette's peak pitch count and number of innings in a start? 75, maybe. Has he yeah, even then gotten I'm there? Out. I don't even then know I am he's out. Gotten. If he never is going to get past 75, I'm out. Let me look and see if he's even gotten there. I don't, even, I don't know. Yes. All I know is every outing seems like two and a third to me. And he's pitching against Albert Azale, who actually has been pretty good. You like, yeah, you yes. like Azale? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, the slider he LeMay added is in one there. Of the bigger disappointments. Who? LeMay has a 257 ERA and he's one of the bigger disappointments. Isn't that amazing? He wavered a little in terms of the ADP because of the injury. It was known during spring training. I, but the way, they're use, the way they're using him is extremely disappointing. We still ranked LeMay, LeMet, whatever, as a top 20 what? starting pitcher or close to it. And his pitch not, count, not oh my training. goodness, it's, it's worse than I even thought. Now his last adding... Against Houston with 64 pitches before that, 41, 37, 29, 30, and 29. They're thinking that the only way to keep him healthy, but these two innings since he's still giving up a run in each yeah. one of them. Yeah. But I, I don't think this maximizes his full potential. He's got great stuff. And the thing that signals to me is in addition to the pitch count cap, they're going to limit and rein in some of his secondary stuff. And I don't like that. That's the whole Felix Hernandez thing back in the early part of his career did not go that well. No, I'm out. And by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all the things I've been wrong on this year. And there've been plenty of them, but we did take Lamed out of our top 20 starting pitchers late in spring training. We did. I remember oh, yeah. you did. And I know that I did because of the injury. I put him at like 40 and uh, now I'm wondering if he even needs to be ranked. And that's that, – honestly, does he need to be rostered in an ESPN league? I don't think he does. He doesn't. No, not in an ESPN standard. No. He's not pitching deep enough. That's a pretty big story in itself. It like is. that could headline a blog. He yeah. he does not need to be rostered anymore. Yeah. I'm actually – I'm going to take a look at usage patterns and project them over the rest of the year schedule-wise. And that Padres one is frustrating with the way that they use Lamette and Ryan Weathers. There's a lot of pitchers like this, and I think – you you and I talked about Casey Mize. I'm afraid of him falling into that that category. If these pitchers become three inning starters, they're really not useful to us. The arguably the two most overrated players in fantasy baseball are San Diego Padres starting pitchers. Maybe I should write that. Lamette and Blake Snell. Yeah, I mean, I mean, who's more? I mean, he's he's killing you. At least Lamette's not killing you. It's two or three innings and he one run every outing. Blake Snell is killing your fantasy team. 5.55 ERA, 1.59 whip. Oh, yeah, 70 strikeouts in 47 innings. Is it worth it to you? It's not worth it to me. One win in 11 starts. Dump him. I would dump him. It's Wouldn't amazing. you dump Blake Snell right now? Like, I'm keeping Luis Castillo and Kyle Hendricks uh -huh. rostered, but I'm dumping Blake Snell. Is that fair? Yeah, I could see the case. You have to pick and choose in our game. And it, yeah. Would you jump Castillo too? No, I, I've told you. I still see the potential in him. Good fit. There's something yeah, there. 
I still, I think that the goodness is coming. It did in his bad year, the second year, the sophomore season, the final four months, which is where we're at now. We're pretty decent. And how about Joe Musgrove pitching five innings in relief in that game? Yep. Or, I mean, that's mystifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, uh, our friend Kyle Soppy is never mystifying 31 minutes in. Let's bring him in for trivia and hash browns. I don't know if I'd say I'm never mystifying. I've got my moments. We've got trivia here. Volume is everything in today's game. It's so hard to find it anywhere. I want you to tell me the top two pitchers in innings per outing this season after we do hash browns. Innings per outing? Yeah. First start. I mean, you're obviously not going to have a reliever in there, but (laughs) who's throwing the most innings per start? Paul wants to know, what do you weigh heaviest when streaming pitchers at the end of a week? He wants to know if it's advanced stats. If so, which ones? Matchup, recent form. What are you looking at? Well, to be honest, sometimes it's just matchup. Sometimes I'm just desperate for innings and a a potential win. I don't want to say that's the most important thing because I wouldn't add Blake Snell on a Sunday. And I hate to be mean to Blake Snell, but his numbers demand it. But Tristan, to me, it's matchup on a Sunday. You're facing Pittsburgh. You're facing Cleveland. I'll, I'll add almost anybody as long as as long as I know they have a shot at five innings. Yeah. It's, so the key to this question is at the end of the week, and you're just piling up volume. So I, I think after the matchup, which Eric, I totally agree. I think that is the driving force behind these uh, is the pitch count. I think the pitch count, you know, you need a guy who's not going to be limited there. I will look a little at the recent form. If a guy's had three straight minus scoring outings and he's or his command's a mess, I don't want any part of him, even if the matchup is is favorable. But yeah, yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I'm going to be a terrible person here. Don't forget about the whole, if you have a starts cap in your league that you can blow past the starts cap on the final day. I do it all the time. In ESPN leagues, you can. In ESPN leagues, if you have 13 of your 14 allotted starts for the week going into Sunday... You can start six starters. Do it. Yeah. I, the problem I, I, the problem I have with doing that, it's not really a problem. Some, some leagues you have to do it mm-hmm. if you don't have good starters. Is it ha- having enough space? Yes. Like, I don't want to drop a really good pitcher just to win that week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, are you dropping a top, are you dropping a top 30 starting pitcher just to win your, you're not dropping Zach Wheeler so you can win the week. You know, you can't do something like, or, you know, somebody like that. So I, I don't do that. My top 30 starters and, and very often my top 40, I don't cut. Um, but what I do is I map out the week. I would start making those preparations for Sunday on Friday and try to get yourself to, if you have a 14 start cap, get to 13 new starts at the end of your Saturday game. So try to spread them out over Friday, Saturday, sun, and Sunday. So you don't have to go with seven guys you're adding on Sunday. But, but, by the way, you can also ruin your week with the and whip. That's if you're in a roto. Okay. Well, even in points, you could lose points. If you're at the end of the week and you're trying to chase a matchup, I'm going to bet that ERA and WHIP are not your your quest. If that's okay. what that's what's being asked, I'm guessing that it wouldn't be. But you're you're dead on. If you're if the ERA and WHIP are in danger, you're you're absolutely right. You got to be more careful. Okay, that's all fair. I mean, we got this question like this just kind of come to my mind here as we've been going. Eric very clearly has hate for a former AL Cy Young winner. I have no hate know. for anybody. No, uh, you're not speaking highly of Mr. <laughs> Snell today. Well, you want these numbers on your team? No, he's no, he's never gonna... looked that good outside. Of, I mean, he he, he had bad, uh, decent fit numbers and was unlucky the year after the Cy Young season. But but to be honest with you, he's been a Cy Young winner and nothing special in every other year. Okay, okay, point proven exactly because that is my shtick for a very different AL Cy Young former winner. So if me and Eric have such a guy, 
I think Tristan needs to have an AL Cy Young guy that he just doesn't buy into at all. Rick Porcello? That's my guy. He's taken. You have to pick any other one. No, I need an active guy. I can't go to Bartolo. Yeah, it's your homework assignment. You don't have to think okay. of it right now. I'm putting you on the spot. But it seems like AL Cy Young winners don't age well on this podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll find you one. I'll find you All right, one. sounds good. MTV wants to know Albies or Lux in a dynasty league. The whole network? All of Lux. The whole network wants to know us. That wants to know the answer. Well, how All can... of MTV, yep. By the way, I'm looking at the AL Cy Young winners, and you're right. There's there's not a lot of fun going. I mean, Shane no. Bieber. Yeah. But before Bieber was Verlander, out for the season. Snell, dump him. Kluber. Amazing, though. Kluber's probably done for the season. Porcello doesn't even have a season. Dallas Keuchel's been fine, but look at that K rate. Then Kluber, then Scherzer, who's now in the NL. Price. My goodness. Felix Hernandez is retired. <laughs> That's oh, amazing. I love Felix, yeah. Well, he was great back in the day. Yeah. How, how could you? I mean, I like Gavin Lux and think good, good things are coming, but how could you possibly take him over Ozzy Albies? I mean, it's two months, okay? And Albies yeah. is not doing what we thought he was going to do, but we still believe in Ozzy Albies, don't we? I mean, he's not going to 230 all season long. I don't know if he's going to steal 20 bases. I don't, I'm not sure he ever was, but mm-hmm. he should at 20 home runs. He should score runs. I mean, even bat, he's batting cleanup half the time, and they're not yeah. getting their cleanup hitter back, hopefully, ever. So Ozzy Albies, to me, he's a good buy low option in fantasy, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm recalling the, and I don't think it was this past week, it was the one before, where he had a pretty nice stretch of games. And I think he's got decent pop, decent speed. He's much better in terms of batting average. I'm with you that I would buy walk, if I could. Yeah, the walk rate looks good. I mean, there's, Ozzy Albies is a good player, killing yeah. lefties. Um but, I mean, that's a decent walk rate. He's not striking out. It's a low BABIP. I mean, everything tells me that Ozzy Albies is a guy who's going to get a lot better and soon. Now, he's not going to bat 300 the rest of the season. But if we went into the season and think Ozzy Albies will bat 275 with 25 home runs, why can't he get that rate the rest of the season? I think he can. Did you say he's killing lefties? That's so not Ozzy Albies. Right. Hmm. And which tells me that he's going to eventually hit the right-handers. That's why well, I look at something like that. Yeah, he has in the past. Like to me, he's—I've never had a question about him. He as killed a lefties hitter. at the last full season in 2019. I had him on a sim team, and he—he he had a great season against lefties, and he was kind of average against righties. In 19, in 2019, yeah, he killed. Yeah, because in 20 he didn't touch them. Right, but yeah, it was a short right. season. Yeah. He, he clobbered them, in and there was some weird stuff going on in 2020 because Swanson didn't hit lefties at all in 2020 either. Right, right. So I was wondering, who did Atlanta face? Did they only face top lefties last season? I never got to look it oh, up. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. It's Yeah, I'm having it. You're reversing it. I'm totally reversing it. Yeah, yeah. All right, anyway. I, I like, I like the guy a lot. You know, Lux's ceiling might be higher. That's about the best we can say here. Uh, is it, though? What's what's Lux's ceiling to you? It, it might well be higher than LB's, but give me Give me numbers in a full season. For Gavin Lux, he's not batting 300. But I don't think I want to invest at it. The point is that if I'm going to say something nice about Lux in this debate, the ceiling might well be higher. I think he might Albies, be a 30 homer guy. Okay. I think Albie's for, for, for a couple of years in the future. Starting this year, 275, 25, 15. I doubt Lux gets to any of those numbers, but I guess he has the power to do it. Okay. David wants to know if you're sweating a Disco Fani fade during the second half of the season. Uh, it was one bad outing. Let me see here. See, I mean, the one who got bumped. There were there were a few guys who got bumped from outings due to minor injuries. Was he one of the ones too this weekend? He was pulled. 
Um, and I thought he was, but it was against the Dodgers and it was just overmanaging by his overmanager. Uh, but he wasn't pitching poorly. He, he did have four walks in that game against the Dodgers. So his past two outings have been against the Dodgers. So I don't know how yeah. we can judge him, to be honest. I mean, isn't that one of the best offenses in the sport? So he entered these Dodgers starts with a 203 ERA. He exited with a 356 ERA. I wouldn't panic. But if, if I, I don't think this confine is going to have an ERA better than 350 the rest of the season. Do you? That seems fair. Yeah, I mean, he's at 356. So that would just Fifth be kind of spinning his wheels. The, um, the part that intrigues me about him is the Gosman tie that I remember another listener asked the, asked the question about maybe a month ago. And that is that maybe the Giants just know a little bit of something about these pitchers that they can correct and, you know, maximize their full potential. I you think he, give the Giants you're, you're probably right. He probably, he probably maintains the ratios and that's it. I mean, it, it, look, I'm not saying it's easy to be a manager, okay? But you're, you're as good as your players, all right? So I don't think Gabe Kapler did a particularly good job with the Phillies, but he didn't have the horses to do a good job. And now with the Giants, and maybe it's all the pitching coach. I don't know. Maybe it's all the home ballpark. I don't know. Or maybe it's a, a whole rotation of pitchers that are going to be free agents and are pitching out of their minds for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying something's changed, just like Francona couldn't manage in Philly. He didn't have good players. I think Philadelphia just generally doesn't have good players. But San Francisco, something's going on there. I think that's a playoff team. I think that's a wild card team. You know, I, I think that San Francisco LA Dodgers wild card game is going to be a lot of fun. Hmm. Padres. Well, okay. then again, I how could I possibly pick the Padres to win that division when they have only two starting pitchers right now? <laughs> it all comes back to that. Well, I mean, right. <laughs> no, look, the Dodgers are going to get healthier and they're going to go on a pretty you watch. They're going to go on a pretty absurd run. One of Watch their July be like one or two losses for the month. This is going to be like our conversation of Corey Kluber after two weeks and Blake Snell's next outing is going to be six hitless innings with Naria walk. That's what's going to happen because everything we said on this show, Blake Snell is going to turn his season around just like Corey Kluber did. Right? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, but don't tie it to Kluber because then Kluber got hurt right after that. So let's be careful here. We're jinxing everybody left and right. Yeah, it's not, not a thing. All right, next. Not a thing. Injury, jinxes and law of averages, they don't exist. Nicholas wants to know if Adam Frazier is worth his time in the 12-team Roto League given the consistent production of late. You know, I looked up adding him in a shallow league on another site. And the reason I did, I needed a second baseman. Marte was still out. And I saw, wow, this guy could win a batting title. He leads the league in hits. But there's nothing else. No power. No speed. He's three for seven on stolen bases. Uh, on base doesn't count there. He's not scoring a ton of runs because they don't score any runs. They only score when Brian Reynolds walks or homers. So Adam Frazier has been really good of late. But... He's batting 373 over the past three weeks, but with two home runs and nary a steal in three attempts. So you want to talk about a guy who just like, how is Adam Frazier different than like Donovan Solano? He's just hot right now. So I didn't take him. I added a, a different second baseman. I added uh, uh, the other guy on Arizona, Rojas, yeah, who hasn't done much in that time. But to me, Adam Frazier, it's just batting average. And at some point soon, it's going to go down. It's not going to hit 330 all season. What's his BABIP? 368. And so it's not terribly, it's not crazy. 58 points over his career, Mark. But I mean, if you say Adam Frazier hits 300 the rest of the season, I'll buy that. But he ain't getting the double digits and homers or steals. So it's hard to roster him in a roto league. A points league is a little bit different. Takes some, he doesn't strike out. But in a roto league, I have a tough time. Do you? I do. Um, 
He's gotten a double digits in either of those two categories you mentioned twice, and he did it with exactly the 10 homers he needed. And he was an everyday player the last time that he did that. And I think, as you were saying, that's his true power outside, uh, upside. He's a contact hitter. The best I thing mean, to say about Adam Frazier, he's a contact hitter, and you can exploit the writing matchups. He's, he's, he's fun guy to watch, fun to have, Brock Holt type, but, you know, can't really help a fantasy team that much. I was kind of thinking David Fletcher, but same idea. Yeah. Something like that. Fletcher's a little bit more, I, I think it's better contact quality and a little bit more elite contact oriented. You have the same number of barrels as David Fletcher. Just remember. That's insane to me. That is I know. Great. That's just hard to do. I know. And Blake Snell has one more Cy Young than he has barrels. Thomas <laughs> wants to know, last question here. How long, Jared Kalenic? how long do you hold a guy like that? He's got FOMO. He doesn't want to miss out on a crazy run, but he also is kind of draining right now. Wait, a rookie struggles when he gets promoted I know. to the major? How does that happen? I, I picked this imagine. question. I picked this question because I lost. I I did the exactly what he's thinking of. I dropped Mike Trout after that first month or whatever he had in his rookie year, and we're a decade later, and I haven't stopped beating myself up. So, how do you know what to do with him? Um, got a good look at Kelnick over the weekend, and he looked a little bit overwhelmed against hard stuff, and obviously against lefties. Is, is a problem. But um, against right-handers, he's batting 104. That's just bad luck to some degree. A bab of 122. I would hold here because he is barreling up something. He's hitting, I, I don't know. I mean, he stole two bases over the weekend. I, the strikeout rate looks fine. I, I don't think, I, don't, I wouldn't drop him yet. I still think a good stretch is coming. I think this is time to get him. <laughs> it's unbelievable to think he is 0 for 26 in his past six games. But everybody's going to drop him. Everybody's going to give up. I know. And and understandably, in our game, they're going to have to do that. If you're in a redraft, I get it. But I'm with you. I think there's too much quality in batting average homers and stolen bases to just give up on the guy this quickly. But you know what might happen here? <laughs> Taylor Trammell is killing it in AAA. They might just flip them again. They might just recall Trammell and say Kelnick needs more work. On his defense. Yeah, they could. They could they, they could make that swap because that makes sense from the, at least, giving your prospects a ch- an opportunity to succeed. I would hope that they would give Kelnick a... Uh, Let Kelnick, me ask you. Kelnick, I got to say it, right? Kelnick. Uh, and for people that think that, they, that Kyle shouldn't be hosting the show because of what he said about Mike Trout. Mike Trout in 2011, people, batted 220 with a 281 on base over 135 plate appearances. Mm-hmm. So he was bad, okay? It was so bad. And he I was, was 19. Yeah. He's only 19. Yep. And the next year he was an MVP candidate and rookie of the year. But as a 19-year-old, I mean, I, Tristan, let me ask you this. Yeah. Kelnick bats 180 over 250 PAs this season, okay? And everybody says he's bad. He was disappointing. Where do you rank him next year? Because you know he's not bad. No, and the service time clock starts, and the only way I don't see him being an everyday player for the 2022 Mariners at that point is that he has a miserable spring training, which we'd probably get those decisions for draft-wise before the point of our drafts. I would say he belongs in the same ranking as this year. I would give him the Dylan Carlson treatment coming into this year. You brought it up as well. I know you ranked Carlson well, and I think Kelnick is a better prospect than uh, I ranked. I, I probably had Carlson around 15 and Kelnick right around there as well. Yep. I think in 2022, even if Kelnick hits 180 for half a season this right. year, we yeah. have to rank him in round 15 again. They, He's they, that good. 
Yeah, these stories could play out very well the same. What Carlson did last year where he didn't do much of anything was bounce back and forth between the alternate site. And then he had those great, what was it, three, four games leading into the postseason. And I think one was a cleanup in the postseason. Yep. Yep. There'll be some slight hints. Kelnick was starting to figure out over the final week or something. And then greatness next year. And a lot of people just wrote him off. Don't write him off. That's valuable insight. I I like it. All right, we'll get back to trivia here. For the top two pitchers, pitch it, or innings per start this season, understanding that that's the only way to accumulate fantasy numbers these days is volume. Who's doing it? I got to guess on one because I know one who's high in the innings pitch list. Well, Wheeler would be my Wheeler friend. would be. Uh, I, every, every game is seven innings. Wheeler leads the league. He is numeral uno. Wow. I assume it's not like a Garrett Cole or Bieber type. It's got to yeah, be somebody a little. I would have thought type. Bieber. Bieber's third. Cole is tied for sixth. Actually, tied for sixth with Gaussman, as far as we're going on his podcast. Yeah, I mean Gaussman and Garrett Cole have the same number of innings and stuff. Yeah. So right, that's a giveaway there. Um, it's not a Dodger, that's for sure. How about not John not- Means? <laughs> John Means, huh? Good guess. Well, He's right oh. behind Cole. He's a. How about Chris Bassett? I love Chris Bassett. He's pitching today. He's tied for 10th with Glasnow. The Trident didn't get him there. No, but he is I Bassett very underrated. You said it's not a Dodger, which is accurate, but Walker Bueller is fifth. Yeah, they're letting him pitch. Yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Woodruff. Oh, Brandon Woodruff. NL Cy Young winner, Brandon Woodruff, is fourth. Savali. <sighs> Savali, there it is. You danced wow. around it all the way. Savali, second place. Second most innings per outing this season. He's good. He's he is. a good pitcher. Eric is. is money on the trivia this year. I have him in a league. Now, he's not striking people out, but I have him in a sim league where I think I, I can get away with it. Um, and I'll, I'll enjoy the numbers next year, but at least he'll be durable. <laughs> so that'll be nice. Yeah, uh, good, but a, yeah good starter rating. <laughs> but in a fantasy league, if Savali goes 200 innings and strikes out 170, that's that's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that'll work. All right. Where do, where do where do you feel Savali should be ranked among starters? Thirty-two. Kyle Hendricks range. Yeah. Do, doesn't he feel like he belongs thirty-two? But if you're in a streaming situation, he's almost to let him go for streamers. I'm I'm I've, I've kept him around, but I've thought about it, and he's he, still. He, he reminds me of Kyle Hendricks because I think you're going to get a lot of innings here. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a three twenty ERA but his FIP is always going to be a run higher because he doesn't miss enough bats. But, you know, he's going to give up his homers, but he's not walking people. Like, I I think Savali is the American League Kyle Hendricks to me right now. Now he's got to prove it for a little bit longer. And Kyle Hendricks is not Kyle Hendricks right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for years, Kyle Hendricks outpitches the array by like a run on his FIP. I think Savali is going to do that for a while. It's kind of, yeah, it goes back to our old Wandy line from years back. You know, it's almost like the Savali line, except I'd probably say he's on the positive side of it. But I struggle with that. He's right near that that he's, cutoff. He's interesting. Most people took Zach Plesek over him in drafts. Um, I don't know if you would do that now. Not Plesek obviously broke his thumb right. taking his shirt off, which I can't even imagine how that happened. I do not want to see video of that. We're done for today. Fantasy Focus Baseball was presented by LinkedIn Jobs, and we'll be back on Thursday for our next show, weather permitting. He is Tristan H. Cockcroft, Kyle Salvi, producers and researchers, and I'm Eric Carroll. Have an awesome couple of days.